When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Barca Talk. I'm your host, Gabriel Quiroga, here in the Spanish capital. Want to do a quick preview of tomorrow's Champions League match against the mighty Bayern Munich. And I have two great guests on the podcast today. First, Kevin Williams helped to walk me off the ledge a little bit about tomorrow night's match. And then I spoke with Craig McGuff to get his emotional reaction to Bayern and why they don't get the respect here in Europe and why they aren't talked about more. But first, I just kind of want to give my three things for tomorrow night's game. Uh, The first thing. Um, you know, this team is rolling Bayern and FC Barcelona, we know, is in flux right now, especially with Griezmann leaving and especially with not playing over the weekend with the Sevilla match being postponed. So we're kind of in limbo here because we don't know what's going to be the starting 11, especially with the news coming out today that Sergio Dest did not practice. So does that mean Sergio Roberto becomes right back? Now, that's going to be a problem because... As we saw in the A2 match, Alfonso Davies is quite rapido, so he's quite fast. So he could have a long day there, uh, Sergio Roberto, trying to defend, and it all depends on what Kuman does. Uh, Kevin alluded to this a little bit, that maybe Kuman might go to a three-back system to try to get more possession in the midfield. I'm not so sure. We'll see, obviously. Uh, I'm hoping that Kuman does something to be a little bit more pragmatic, just to get some points because, as we know, Bayern are just uh, lighting it up in the Bundesliga. You know, we have Lewandowski as probably the best number nine right now, if you want to compare him with Lukaku right now, but I would still probably take Lewandowski just a little bit. But let's kind of break down the match quickly tomorrow and just the things that I'm looking at. So first of all, Bayern, they play in a 4-2-3-1. That's what the majority play 65% of the time, and they also can play in a 4-3-3, but mainly it's a 4-2-3-1. Now, obviously... I put a Twitter poll yesterday. Lewandowski, uh, Kimmich or Gorta, uh, the flank play. What is your biggest concern? And Lewandowski was number two. So obviously Lewandowski is a stud. You know, so far this season, he's averaging 1.37 goals a game, 0.5 assists with an XG of 1.14. And so far, his total this season is 11 goals and four assists, which is remarkable already. He's already out in front. Obviously, you know, as I talked about this with Craig, Bayern is the top dog in Bundesliga, so they just eat these teams up for lunch where Robert Lewandowski is able to get these goals. But again, he's going to create havoc for our back. Again, who does Kuman start in the back? Who does he start? Because obviously we want to see PK, but he's just coming off injury. Arahu, I would probably say, is the best partner for him against Lewandowski, just a little bit more physical. 
faster. But you never know. You never know if Kuman's going to go with Longley. You know, we'll see. And we know in that 8-2 defeat, Longley was no match for Lewandowski. Lewandowski pushed him around, bullied him around, and inevitably left all the space behind where Bayern were able to expose that. So again, Lewandowski is definitely going to be uh, dangerous. He's against Barcelona in three career matches. He's had two goals. But it just seems more. I, when I was looking up at this stat, I was like, I thought he was against Barcelona more often. He hasn't, but still. He's a dangerous number nine, one of the best in the world. He's on form, and Bayern have been explosive with him. My next concern is the midfield possession. Now, as we saw in the Hitafe game, we had problems with the possession. And, you know, this is going to be a problem because if we resort to long balls or just trying to relieve pressure, this does not play well for our style. Now, Memphis is going to have limited opportunities, and it's going to be interesting to see how he converts, right? Because he may only get one or two opportunities, and he has to make the best of them. Usually, he's going to have four or five, so he's going to have a chance to miss here and there. So we'll see what happens with that. But with this possession, you know, Bayern has averaged close to 60%. You know, FCB has had problems in these first three matches containing a consistency, having a consistency with, with possession, and for me, this pairing of Kimmich and Gorska is just, wow, it's just something. You know, I was doing the research last night over them, watching some video, just seeing their heat maps, just seeing everything. And I can't remember the last time I've been so impressed with a pairing like this in a long time. Maybe, you know, with Xavi and Iniesta, I would probably say. But this pairing is something special. They're young. They run for miles. They're going to give Busquets quite... Uh, a showing tomorrow night because Busquets is going to have to play one of the best games he's played and this two pairing of Kimmich and Gorska is just something else now they complement each other very well Gorska is more the defensive physical whereas Kimmich is more of the opportunistic passing assister but man they just complement each other very well now Gorska again like I said he's more defensive he's the stronger tackler of the two but again just the way they complement each other, I think is going to give our midfield fits, especially especially if Bayern has more possession. Now, Kevin alluded to this. He didn't think that the possession game was going to be so one-sided for Bayern. I'm a little bit disagreeing with that. I, I think that Bayern is going to be able to run the midfield. I just think they're just more talented right now on paper, and I just think they're playing at a level that we can't compete right now in this moment, especially not playing against Sevilla over this weekend. I think that really caused a wrench in our plans because if we would have played over the weekend, we could see how Barcelona was going to be going forward with this. Now, again, we'll see what happens with the mid My last concern is the flank play. Now, I just highlighted that maybe Sergio Roberto may start. That's going to be a big problem because, as we remember in the 8-2, Alfonso Davies, uh, I think that was probably his breakout game where everyone kind of knew about him just the physicality, the speed he has, the way he was able to cut in was incredible in that match. And he has just rose in stock, right? So in this past season, he's played more minutes. He's more of a starter than he was before. And again, uh, playing really well for the Canadian national team and just being uh, an up-and-coming player for Bayern. And again, that's going to be a lot of problems because as I talked to with Craig, the crossing of Bayern is so 
and I hate to just say this word because it's so just stereotypical, but efficient. The way they're able to cross and just find Lewandowski, find holes, and you always know pesky Thomas Mueller is always around the goal, ready to scrap something up, and that's going to cause havoc for Barcelona. Now, obviously, Barcelona have a chance. They're going to be at the Camp Nou. This is the first time they're going to be playing with the crowd like this for a Champions Night, so it's good. there's a lot of things happening, but unfortunately, I think it's going to be not enough and yes this is just where we're at right now we're just in a state of transition with fc barcelona and you just kind of have to tip your hat right now to the way Bayern is coming into this season coming into this match they're firing on all cylinders and so we'll see now after the break you're going to hear my conversation with kevin williams and craig mcguff we're going to talk a little bit about the match even more get their opinions but but first some quick barca talk announcements uh you know, we have a newsletter that comes out every Wednesday. If you're looking for an aggregate to put all the articles and videos once a week, I do that for you. Sign up. It's free. You can do it on Twitter. You can do it on our website as well. And the last thing, our Patreon community is, I mean, I'm loving it so much. Uh, we Our WhatsApp group is fans from all over the world. And I just love that we just have some great banter. And, you know, over the weekend, we were talking about the Manchester United game, obviously, talking crap about Ronaldo and so forth. So that was a lot of fun. But also just, you know, getting everyone's opinions about this match, especially the Bayern match, is very interesting, and it's a lot of fun. So if you're looking for, you know, another way to interact with other Kules, other FC Barcelona fans, consider joining our Patreon group. It's only 5 bucks a month. And on top of that, you get our uh, weekly extra podcast on Friday, which is the Barca Talk Cafe, where I record with Mariana Guzman, who's in Barcelona. And she will actually be at the match tomorrow and sending pictures to our WhatsApp group. So that's that's a lot of fun that we like to partake in. So, uh, yeah, so if you want to get some more Barca content from Spain, consider joining our Patreon group. After the break, I talked to Kevin Williams to get his temperature on how we should be feeling before this huge Bayern Munich match. So you're headed to tomorrow's match, right? Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it was super easy. Um, uh, they had... It's it's sort of a uh, letdown that only thirty one thousand season ticket holders uh, wanted to come, but on the upside, that meant that freed up um, eight thousand seats that we could buy, and so I snagged one right away. Yeah, and I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, I can imagine. Uh, it's been a long time for me. I'm going in October, so against Valencia, so I'm looking forward to that match. Um, so tell me, how are you feeling prior to tomorrow's match? Because I can tell you honestly, I'm a bit nervous, scared. I know this is kind of the this is kind of the feeling that most Kool-Aids have, but I mean, I was kind of looking up on Bayern's midfield, their statistics so far, and I'm I'm really worried about tomorrow's match. See, I am super excited. Uh, we've never seen Barcelona without Messi even as an option, mm-hmm. right? and the team is playing more as a team. Uh, the ball is moving better, play is flowing better. Memphis has seized the reins. And he is a very creative, very dynamic uh, player who changes the way uh, Barcelona um, uh, gets at an opponent, right? I mean, uh, previously Barcelona, what's the word? Uh, they've been slow, right? Uh, the ball oozes out of the back. Sure. And then it goes to Busquets and he oozes around. And then it goes to Messi and he stands there and either uh, tries a run or makes a uh, pass. And what's happening now is that the ball is uh, popping around to 
Pedri or DeYoung is making a run or Busquets is sliding it forward. Memphis is diving in from a wing. I mean, it's a very different uh, approach to things now and one that I don't uh, believe Bayern, who is also not uh, what they were two years ago, uh, will be as prepared for. So, I mean, I'm looking forward to a match that will be more interesting mm-hmm. and more fun than many think. I mean, I think the uh, Braithwaite news, many are saying, oh, no, I'm like, you know, it doesn't bother me. He wasn't up to standard anyway. Mm-hmm. So um, the question will be, what does um, uh, Cayman do now, right? I mean, there's much talk about the Coutinho mm-hmm. um, starting. No match legs, no match fitness. That would uh, be a big ask. Uh, then again, who have you got, right? I mean, you've got uh, De Jong, you've got uh, Demir, and you want your front line against Bayern to be um, uh, Demir, De Jong, um, um, and uh, Depay. Mm-hmm. Uh, while you uh, love the alliteration, uh, I don't think <laughs> an 18-year-old kid is quite ready for that. I mean, then again, uh, toss him in there and let's see. Uh, the thing that worries me the most and uh, frankly what always worries me is how slow the Barcelona midfield is. Yeah, um, uh, Busquets uh, can't move. Uh, De Jong isn't that fast. Um, Pedri is active, but he's not that fast. So, I mean, uh, does um, uh, Cameron go with a four or even five-man uh, midfield, like a, a three-five-two? I don't know. Yeah, that's 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 an interesting point because you you bring it right into what I was going to talk to you next about Bayern's midfield of Kimmich and Gartska and against the midfield of Barca and just reading the stats that I've been looking at for them this pairing of the season. I'm just in awe. This is. Uh, a pairing. They're two 26-year-old midfielders that run all over. You have to see the heat map. It is so impressive. They perfectly are disciplined for left and right side. The amount of kilometers they cover, the amount of opportunities, and I know Bayern is the leg up in the Bundesliga, but still, to be able to put this output, that to me right now is what one of the things that really concerns me because watching the previous games with Barcelona, just seeing the lack of possession that they had, this is going to be one of those games where I think Bayern has maybe 55, 60% and how Barcelona reacts to their limited opportunities is what's going to really tell for me the, the match for tomorrow night. What do you think? Uh, so I think that the possession will be nearer to 50, 50 and neutralizing that midfield with possession will be one fascinating thing. The other uh, fascinating thing we keep in mind that it's uh, been a very long time, probably since uh, the days of Thierry Henry and uh, Samuel Eto'o, that uh, Barcelona has had forwards that can press. Sure, right? sure. Right? And, I mean, what usually um, happens against uh, Bayern is they're allowed to play the ball out of the bat nice and easy um, because Messi's standing there, Suarez is standing there. Wait, we never... Um, I saw him against uh, Bayern, but um, uh, this time, potentially, uh, they will have two or three forwards uh, pressing hard, pay to be presses. My guess is Cameron will run out Sergio Roberto. Mm-hmm. Uh, he presses. Uh, Coutinho uh, presses. 
uh, Demir uh, presses, the young presses. So don't count out uh, this Barcelona side. I mean, uh, they're not the strongest team mm-hmm. right now. And certainly in November, when Dembele and Fati come back, mm-hmm. that front line will look very different. For sure. Um, and a lot more dangerous. But, I mean, you might find that the three Ds uh, should came in um, <laughs> uh, um, uh, will be pretty effective in unsettling that midfield. My my guess, though, is that um, uh, Cayman will load up uh, the midfield. I, mean, I would be shocked um, um, if Sergio Roberto did not start in some role. Well, that, that leads to me be- the next thing, because I think he will start because the news just appeared right now that Sergio Nudest did not practice today. So that means that there's going to be an opportunity yeah, for Sergio Roberto. So I, you know, going back to this, I think you see him at right back or, you know, do you see Minguesa? I don't think so. I think Sergio Roberto is a little bit healthier for that opportunity. So this goes to my next question. I put a Twitter poll out here. What was the, the main concerns? And the number one reason, uh, obviously Lewandowski was up high, but the flank play of Bayern, because as we remember in the A2, uh, how, Alfonso Davies especially, but also on the other side, on the right side, how they just abused Barcelona with the speed and the dynamism that they had. You know, now if Sergio Roberto plays, we lose a little bit of that speed that we had with Dest. The flank play, I mean, that's also really concerning because now obviously Byron have different ways of attacking, not through the middle, but also through the sides as well. And then obviously having Lewandowski as the point man, who's probably the the best number nine right now in the world. Uh, Yeah, I mean, so my views on... Dest and Alba are that they're not at the standard anyway. So if anything happens where they can't uh, play, I'm not that stressed about it. Okay. Um, I think that you, it, it, I mean, if if um, if uh, Cayman wants to go more more defensive, you may well see Mingueza. Mm-hmm. Um, he is a stopper. He's physical. He's big. He's pacey enough. Yeah. Um, I think that. Frankly, Dest would have been a, a disaster against um, a Bayern. Bayern. Yeah, uh, people talked about making uh, jokes out of a tomato. Uh, <laughs> uh, Dest would have been just as bad, if not worse, because I mean, it's just so fullbacks are going to be a problem for Barcelona all season. Yeah, and I was at the D match yesterday and uh, I got to watch a lot of uh, Alejandro uh, Balde and. and um, he's not ready yet either. So, I mean, he's he's um, right now where he belongs. And so Alba is it. And I think that uh, defensively and offensively, he's just not up to it. So, I mean, you know, people made a lot about the tomato in the eight too. But, I mean, for me, both lengths were a disaster. So, I mean, I think that what uh, Kevin's going to have to do is uh, try to hold possession. Yeah. And make Alba stay back. I mean, the problems always begin when Alba moves up. You um, can't have both fullbacks uh, pressed up. And I don't know why Kudas don't uh, realize that uh, when you have Dest and Alba both uh, charging forward and you've got uh, Busquets and acres of space trying nice. to cover yeah. things, you can't do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. I think that we might see Mingueza. And if we do, I'll be a lot more optimistic about a result than if we. Sergio Roberto at fullback. 
<laughs> yeah, and and that goes to the thing, right? Because if Kuman changes the formation, let's say just to a three-back system, let's say to influx the midfield, then I think you see Sergio Roberto going to the midfield, maybe using Minglesa on the right. right but again, point. yeah, but but the thing is, I just don't know if Kuman does it because I think he wants to be more steady with four in the back and having Alba on the left. Again, I you know it's just kind of one of those things. He's the security blanket for Kuman on the left there. So it's it's quite interesting. I know you're shaking your head. <laughs> it, 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 it makes me feel that uh, the idea of uh, Jordi Alba as anybody security. Yeah, I know. It's just horrifying. I mean, the uh, big thing, the other thing will be who he uh, plays at uh, center back. Um, sure. So we know that um, uh, PK is one. And who's the other one? Right. I mean, yeah. yeah. Got, I mean, it's it. My choice. It's. Gotta be Arujo, but yeah, I mean, you me know, too. he's also fond of Longley, who I yeah, think yeah. is a disaster waiting to happen, especially against um, uh, Bayern, who, um, frankly, um, um, uh, traumatized him last time. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't. It seems to me you've got uh, somebody who's young with more pace, more exactly. physical ability, um, more aerial skill. Start him next day and, and tell Alba to. Defend for a change. Um, <laughs> uh, try defending and uh, see how that you know goes, rather than running forward and throwing in that same blind cross to where Messi used to be time after time, sure. time after time. I mean, if if I think if the if uh, Barcelona scores early, um, they will have a shot at uh, getting a win. I think if uh, Bayern scores first and Barcelona need to chase the match, uh, that could lead to a long evening. Sure. So, I mean, yeah. I think that uh, Memphis will be on his game. I think that if 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 uh, Kuman does start Coutinho, I think that that will be another factor that Bayern won't be prepared for. I think that if he gets really bold and gives, uh, gives the uh, kid a run out, that Two is something. I mean, Bayern likes to know what they're going to Sure, do. sure. And they have these. I mean, they're structured. They're dangerous. They're deep. Um, they're all those things that Barcelona is not. But I think that, that the Coulets tend to sell their team short. Uh, Barcelona is a, a very talented team. Um, it's not as deep as I would like because of all the injuries. Um, but their starting 11 could go up against any team in football and be okay. And I think that um, uh, Bayern is not the juggernaut they once were two years ago. I mean, certainly they're a, a diminished uh, team from the 8-2. And I think that uh, Barcelona is, strangely enough, uh, which, I mean, it sounds weird, right? Because, I mean, with uh, Messi being gone, to say they're a better team, even team, though they yeah. might not be as dangerous a team. Right, um, they're a better team with uh, Messi gone. That means that they have the opportunity uh, to function as this unit uh, once again, rather than rolling up and dumping the ball to the center point, Messi, and then seeing what happens. So, I, mean, I think it's it's uh, going to be a fun match. I mean, and, and I mean, people are uh, uh, wondering about the score. Whew, who knows, <laughs> right? I mean. 
it could be zero zero, could be one one, could be another eight two. I mean, it's this team is all over the place, and I think that Bayern is more vulnerable than people think. I mean, uh, Barcelona will have to to play at least an an eight out of ten match to get a result. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I think. You brought up some really good points. And see, this is why I wanted to talk to you because you calmed me down. Yeah, because I was already thinking another <laughs> 6-2-A-2 in my head, especially just doing the research on Bayern yesterday and just obviously, you know, just seeing what they've been, the firepower they've been bringing. So, you know, th- thanks for thanks for calming me down. Where can our listeners follow your blog, your excellent blog? I mean, I always read it all the time. I love your point of view every time. Uh, what, what is the website at your blog again? So we are at www. Uh, dot uh, Barcelona uh, football blog.com and um, it is um, run by myself and a um, another uh, crazy Kool-Aid uh, named Isaiah Cambron and yeah we don't write as often as we'd like because real life gets in the way um, when we have uh, things to say and I mean my my hope is to be able to uh, post a uh, view uh, from the stands uh, shortly mm-hmm. after the match I'll be writing it while I'm there Perfect. And yeah, it will be fun. You're you're one of my favorite FC Barcelona Twitter follows as well as well. You always talk me down from the fence a lot of times, so I appreciate that. Uh, have a great rest of the time in Barcelona, and we will speak soon, Kevin. Uh, very good. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. So Craig McGuff joins me. We're going to talk a little Bayern here and kind of the lack of respect they get here in Europe. We were just kind of briefly talking about this, but this is one of the things I, when I was looking at the research of uh, the players on Y scout and so forth is, you know, they've had an incredible run in the last 10 years and I just don't understand why they don't get talked enough. Is it Craig, do you think it's just because they're in the Bundesliga, they're the top dog and that's it? Because I don't know how it is in the UK, but in Spain, they rarely get the the recognition they should, uh, especially being as elite of a club as they are. Yeah. It's, it's it's a really difficult one to to fathom because it that they're, they're they're brilliant from from top to bottom minus the the little personnel scandal they had a few years ago sure sure uh, you know but you know as, as a club organizationally institutionally <laughs> in terms of their personnel recruitment their style of play they're so hard to find fault with i think some of it's been in the bundesliga which is it's not a league i can really get into i yeah. i tried watching it when when football came back after the the first kind of major lockdown sure. here in the uk that was the first league that came back and i tried to get into it and i just couldn't so i don't think that helps the other thing for me it's kind of do you know how you get those low-key millionaires mm-hmm. who they don't run big businesses and you don't really know what they do but they drive around in a ferrari <laughs> they're kind of like that and they go under the radar so i think I think to me that they should be an aspirational club that everyone looks up to, but it's a really difficult one to understand why they're not held in more regard than they are. I know it doesn't answer your question, by the way, but I'm, I'm just baffled by it. It's yeah, I had yeah. a conversation with last week with someone uh, who, who follows an English club, and and it wasn't until I started saying I was worried about the game, and he said, why? I told him about you know their personnel, how they get on. He was like, actually, yeah, yeah, I get that. <laughs> it's strange, isn't it? It is strange because, you know, they're kind of what we've been kind of looking for and the way they've recruited players. They've gone through coaches. Uh, they don't seem to be financially strapped. They be the players they go after after are really, you know, younger. Uh, they don't throw so much money after them. I know they pick and prod off the Bundesliga team. So unfortunately, that is why they're always the top dog. And I wish there was a little bit more parity into that. 
But for example, like when you look at the last players that they were able to get at cost, essentially, you know, never, you never hear Bayern really overly expending themselves and they do such a great job of getting these players. And, you know, talking about the game, the two midfielders of Kimmich and Gortska, I mean, yikes. I mean, I'm really, I mean, I just talked to Kevin Williams before you Mm -hmm. and he was talking me down a little bit about how the midfield could be neutralized, but man, I am that I think for me, that's one of the biggest concerns because these kids, they're 26 years old. They have so much experience. They're a partnership already. They complement each other so well, you know, you know, on our beautiful Y scout, I was watching the, the reports and stuff and, Craig, I'm I'm very nervous about this. <laughs> this, but very... this, this, is a, this is arguably the greatest example you could have picked, right? Because if we were to just Johnny on the spot say, "Give me the top three centre midfielder pairings," yeah. you, you wouldn't you wouldn't get to them. I'm fairly confident. Yeah. If I, you know, if you said, "Right, okay, give me your top five centre midfielders just in isolation," you probably wouldn't get to them. But they're they're brilliant, and you, and you have that throughout their squad. And the thing that I admire the most is really boring. You can say it's really football nerdy, but you mentioned about going through coaches and going through players. When was the last time you read a story? Granted, you probably don't read much of you know Der Spiegel or whatever the, the German <laughs> yeah. papers are. But when was the last time you read a story of Bayern ever rushing anything? Yeah, ever. Everything is planned. Everything is thought out. They've got an identity, and they stick to it. And this is where I think, from a Barcelona perspective. We should be able to fall squarely into that bracket because we, in theory, and I'm using that word in theory very, very, very literally because in reality, probably a different story, but we, in theory, have an identity. So, yes, we discovered Pedri, who fits perfectly into our midfield. I think a little bit of that was was calculated risk, which is fine. Mm -hmm. But we should be able to look at players and say, three years down the line, we need that player. What do we have in La Masia? If we don't have it in La Masia, we don't think we need to go and start recruiting now because we know what's coming. We should know what type of coach we want. We should know what type of fullback we want. And we don't do it. We're very rushed. We're very last minute. You know, it's kind of crisis leads to crisis leads to crisis a lot of the time, which, you know, I don't want that to be kind of typical Barca hyperbole. But, you know, we very rarely make well thought out decisions. Setien was a was a knee-jerk reaction. Kuman was a knee-jerk reaction. Valverde had a little bit more thought, but went totally against the identity. Although he did all right. Um, mm-hmm. And I think this, this is what we should learn from buying is that, you know, we don't need to go and make superstar signings. We need to make signings that fit into our system. And, and again, just to pick up a point, I'm sorry, I'm going on a bit, but you, right. mentioned, you mentioned, you know, you wish there was a little bit more parity in the Bundesliga. I, I don't, I don't really buy that so much because ultimately if, if Bayern stopped buying German players, then the other clubs that compete regularly in the Europa League and whatnot would find themselves in a worse position, right? So it's kind of, it's almost trickle down economics in a way, but one that actually works unlike the real world. Whereas, you know, why aren't we doing this? I know we've had this chat in our WhatsApp group before for our patrons, which is, you know, why aren't we going out and looking at the best Spanish talent instead of constantly looking at glamour, glamour leagues, quote, yeah, unquote, yeah. and picking up these players who, who know they'll, who knows whether they'll fit in. Depay is doing well, but he was a gamble. Why yeah. didn't we look at the top scorers in Spain? So I think, I think we genuinely need to need to take a good hard look at how Bayern are doing and, and look at it because everything they do is calculated and it works and it doesn't put them into debt and it doesn't put them into risk. So this is going to lead perfectly because you're a Packers fan and the Packers oh, of the do, NFL. Do, do, do we do we have to? I'm just I'm not going to talk about the game. I'm going to talk about their structure. <laughs> I'm going to talk about their structure that they're the only team in the NFL that doesn't have an owner. So mm-hmm. do you think there's something to that? Because obviously Byron has an owner. 
the trickle down of responsibility, there's been a little bit more stability uh, of that. Whereas we've had an influx with presidents, uh, scandal and, and so forth, mm-hmm. you know, every three years, essentially. Do you think there's any credence to that where, you know, obviously we love the idea of the voting and having the power, especially if you're associate and so forth, mm-hmm. but at the same mm-hmm. time, it's very political and there's just less instability, you know, less stability because there isn't an owner figurehead trickling down that responsibility. Do you think there's something to that with Byron's success? Yeah, I think so. I think there's, they definitely feel, I think Germany views football in a way that I think a lot of particularly British people aspire to that doesn't exist. You know, the kind of the classic working class game that communities rally around. I think Bayern, Bayern and also German football in general, minus minus the Red Bull uh, situation, sure. um, they view it that way. So I think I think at Bayern, there's a responsibility to something that's slightly bigger than trophies. And I've I've alluded to this on previous podcasts where I said being a Barca fan should be about more than just winning because if if it was just about winning, you'd follow Madrid, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I'm and I'm unashamed about that. I don't I don't mind if people think that that's me being anti-Barcelona in any way. It's just factual. The stats tell us that story. So I think one, you have to be about something bigger than that. I think I would just the Packers argument slightly because I think the the Packers sister works because we've had 25 years of immense quarterback player but you know we won't delve too deep into that uh, <laughs> if we could find an O-line and a D-line that would help but we won't go to an NFL <laughs> podcast but no I think I think you're right I think if you have an identity that's bigger than a person or bigger than a than a business I think it has to help and again that's where we should be mm-hmm. and I think I think that the, but the fans have to buy into that which means yeah, that yeah, if yeah. I and go through a quote-unquote fallow period you don't see riots at the training ground for sure. You know, if we don't, if we don't win a trophy this year, which is completely feasible, although I think we'll do okay eventually, can you imagine the scenes that will be greeted? It'll be a case of revisionism on the Messi scenario. Yeah, Laporta will be the worst president since the last one. Um, you know, the, the signings will be horrendous, and I think that. So I think as well as the commercial identity, the fans buy into it, and they say we're in, we're in, we're all in, and that if we win, that's great. If we don't, we we move on. We don't buckle. We don't do knee jerk. Not many clubs have either the commercial setup or the fan base that can allow them to do that. Sam Pauli, another great example from Germany, but from a completely different perspective. They're all in on the identity from from top to bottom. And, and I think that's what you need rather than just the, the lack of a chairman or owner. Yeah, that's a good point. And I remember in last last season in our WhatsApp group, we were talking about the coach now of Bayern, Julian Nagelsmann, about mm-hmm. when he was in Leipzig and kind of up and coming. You know, I've laid out a couple of things that I'm really concerned about. The flank play, obviously Lewandowski, mm-hmm. the, the pairing of Gimmich and Gorska. But I also think it comes down to the tactical formation that he has, Munich playing. And also, you know, Nagelsmann doesn't have major trophies, but I just feel that he's going to have Bayern more locked in than Kuman with Barcelona just because of the history. I'm just looking at the history. Maybe Kuman changes it up. As Kevin said previously, he might he would hope for a three back system to to, to try to kind of counter you know the midfield of, of Bayern. But if we're just looking at the coaching matchup, do you think Bayern has a advantage here? Hundred percent, hundred percent. I I I respect Kevin a lot. I, I follow mm-hmm. him on Twitter. I've never I've never spoken to him, but I respect him a lot based on his Twitter output. Um, I don't like how fit he seems to be. That makes me feel bad about myself. <laughs> but we'll, we'll we'll move on from that very quickly. But you know, I think. This goes back to one of my previous points, which is with Nagelsmann, they, they chose very sensibly a coach that knows that knows the league that they're playing primarily, had had uh-huh. European experience, has a style, has a system, etc. Now, you don't want to be um, a, uh, dogmatic about that, but you sure. need to have something. I've got no idea what Koeman's going to do tomorrow, and not in a good way. Not, not in a yeah. Guardiola kind of, this could be really intelligent 
until he overthinks where I, I genuinely don't know. I don't think Kuman knows the best Barcelona side. I don't think he knows how to play against better teams. I don't think he knows how necessarily to play against worse teams. Um, so yeah, I think I think I think, about, I think Bayern have an advantage on literally every area of the pitch, other than um, on in on an individual player level. But then sure. they don't work as well as a unit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, again, this is why we play sports because anything can happen. But if we're looking on paper, you know, there's there's Bayern does have a advantages up and down. Now I'll leave you with the last thing. What is your biggest concern for tomorrow night? Just one concern, one concern that the highest of priority. Let's say if you were coaching, what would you try to stop Bayern at their first thing and then just kind of hope for the best from there. I don't see how we don't get overran defensively and revert to long balls, which just ultimately, mm. it feels like it relieves the pressure, but in reality, it, it just keeps you pegged back in. So um, Ange Postacoglu, who is a new Celtic manager, who is effectively the second coming of Christ after Messi, I think. Sorry to anyone that's religious out there, that's tongue-in-cheek. But, you know, he, he he had a great... He was asked about this when Celtic played their um, their qualifier to get into the group mm-hmm. stage and said, you know, do, do you see it being a bit of a long ball game, changing your style? And he said, no, because the easiest way to relieve pressure on defence is to keep the ball. Yeah. And I think that's what we need to do tomorrow. But my worry is that Kuman will try and be overly pragmatic, will get overrun defensively and he'll kick the ball long. And if that happens, it could be a long, long, long night. I think. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm worried. I'm obviously optimistic. You know, I'm always going to think and watch the match with with open eyes like that. But at the same time, I'm just looking at this data, the statistics, the way they play, the way. And I think what also hurts is that we weren't able to play this weekend. I think that's a that's a big thing to come from international break, and then all of a sudden the first game being Bayern. Even though it is at home, I think that's going to help quite a bit to have the crowd. Uh, the crowd finally there for a Champions League match on on a weekday night. But man, I mean, just to have the game against Sevilla would have been a really nice kind of warm up just to kind of let us know a little bit more of what who he's going to start. Because could you see Luke Dijong starting? You know what I'm saying? To counteract their defensive well, backs. You know, that's, I, that's, I, I, I think so, because but know? I think it plays into my worry, which is yeah. that I think he'll he'll say, well, We'll have the young up there to to relieve the pressure, and he can hold the ball up and, and and stuff like that. So I think so. And to me, this is this isn't about being necessarily negative or pessimistic. Mm-hmm. It's just it's realistic about where we are. And I think yeah. you know you, you can you can be optimistic, and I applaud that. But I think a sense of realism says, you know, re- realistically, it's kind of like you take if if we if we take a hide and we take a hide and let's move on. It's it's a new team we're rebuilding. No matter how people want, you know, Laporta might say no rebuilds at this club. Well, I'm sorry, mate, but. <laughs> that's exactly what we're having to do now. And and that but but that's fine. And you know, taking this full circle back to my original point about buying, that's fine. That's what clubs need to do. The only way that you're not in a perpetual state of rebuild is if you're getting pumped with cash. And yeah. that sh- that will eventually crumble beneath you. So everyone and then you have to rebuild. It's been yeah. worse than this. It's been much worse than this. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. So, you know, I think we'll we'll see where we are tomorrow after the game. Sorry to interrupt there. We'll see where we are no, tomorrow no. after the game. But to me, I'm 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 pessimistic about it. I think we might take a hide in, but Bayern Munich, it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, uh, they're going to be the rave childs after this. I believe you know we'll see. They'll be the talk of Europe for one night, I think, and then after that, they're going to be not talked again. Because again, here in Spain, the whole weekend was Ronaldo's return with his two goal amazing oh, attack because he's the best player ever. <laughs> don't get me started. And then obviously last night with. Vinicius, the second coming of Christ now, you know, so we'll see. See, that that, that, that one I get. 
That yeah. one, I get. But on, on the new on the Newcastle thing, so Oof. sorry, tan- tangent. But go, obviously, go, 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 I'm, our WhatsApp group we're talking about it. So I I live the other side of the river to Newcastle. So Newcastle is in quote unquote my local team. They're awful. Like we think we've got it bad. Their fans are, are following. So I, I'm trying to work out what the what the equivalent would be in Spain. So what's below what's below Segunda B? What what would that be? Is that you start getting into kind of um, yeah, yeah. the autonomous territory leagues and stuff like that, don't you? So the, the Newcastle fans that I know, a lot of them have started following what we would call non-league football. So where you pay like three pounds to get in and you can drink yeah, yeah, beer yeah. at the sideline still because Newcastle is that bad. So the the Ronaldo return, a two yard tap in, a goals of oh goals, and the way they're going on, Newcastle fans are like, <laughs> you can have it if you want. We're off. <laughs> um, so Vinicius, I get the Ronaldo hype is terrible, yeah, terrible, yeah. terrible, terrible. The only way that, you know, I'm I'm looking forward to the match because I love when Champions comes back. But, you know, again, like you said, it's 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 okay to be realistic. And Bayern are just like what I always think of Bayern is like an efficient footballing machine, you know, just as that's what they are. Without, without being what massively sweeping statement stereotypical, they're so typically German, aren't they? Correct. They're yeah, just they faultlessly efficient. Correct. Correct. They're, they're just brilliant. And just, I, just, 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 just watch their crosses. That to yeah. me is always like their crossing is so effective, especially with Lewandowski at the top. But uh, yeah, I know you have to go. I have to go. But uh, thank you for you know giving me a little bit of balance here with this with this match tomorrow. So we'll see what happens. We'll talk soon. Take care. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.